Welcome. You are listening to a sermon preached at Church at the Armory. If you like what you hear, share it. God bless you. All right. Everybody doing well? All right. Good deal. Good deal. If you have your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 1. I'm about to make y'all mad, and I'm not trying to make you mad. Uh, let's just take, play a little game real fast. Raise your hand if you want to play participate. All right, go, Alyssa. Alyssa, Alyssa what's your favorite Christmas song? If you give a churchy one you're, and you're not telling the truth, then, you know, line up. What's your favorite Christmas song? The one we just sang? Okay. Well, whatever. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. Raise, uh, let's see. Uh, what's your favorite Christmas song? Oh, Holy Night. That's my favorite Christmas song. All right. Uh, anybody have a, like, you know, you know, Santa baby, right? I mean, <laughs> what's your favorite? Jingle Bell Rock. I like that one. In, yeah. The bell, what? The bells will be ringing. Okay. Raise your hand if you like old Christmas music. Okay. Raise your hand if you like the new Christmas. Nobody likes the new Christmas music. Nah. No, don't you? No. no. So, but anyway, uh, like, if it ain't like Michael Buble or Nat King Cole singing Christmas, you know, or like uh, uh, Frank Sinatra, like, it ain't real Christmas music. You got to get a... Like a jingle bell, <laughs> right? You know, anyway, so, um, but, so this is the part, I'm going to disappoint you for a second. I'm not trying to be disappointing, but there's one Christmas song that is really not my favorite Christmas song. It's one Christmas song that I just haven't really ever liked, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to really bother you, and um, we sang it last week in church, and it's that song, Mary, Did You Know? And some of y'all are like, what is wrong with you, Pastor? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Raise your hand if you love Mary, did you know? Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm highly outnumbered here. But my answer, you know, so last week, you know, try to encourage the worship team. They were practicing, and I was like, this song is terrible, right? Trying to be in a gift of encouragement. And uh, Lacey was arguing with me about the merits of this song, and I'm like, well, actually, the question is, Mary, did you know? And the answer is, yes, she did. The angel told her. And so, you know, Mary, did you know? Uh, the angel says to her, "Do you, your boy is going to be the savior of the world. So, I mean, she kind of did know, right? And so that was always been my kind of, uh, you know, just kind of just being nitpicky. Exactly. So here we are. And, and I've never preached this sermon, but this sermon has been preached on Christmas time a million times. Mary, did you know? I'm going to preach it today because the idea of did Mary, listen to me, look at me, and I'm going to make some applications. Did Mary, did you actually know what was going on inside of you? And did you actually know what was inside of you would produce? And there's a theme right here. And I'm going to change the song a little bit. Church at the Armory, do you know? This, what we, we're, going through this, we're going through this season of rebirth. Y'all out there? We're going through this season of rebirth. Do we, are we even aware of what we are doing and how above and beyond, exceedingly above and beyond anything we could think or ask that God is doing inside of us? So I want to look at the story of Mary today on Christmas, this Christmas service, and I want to kind of draw a parallel of what God has birthing inside of us and do we know. So I repent now for making fun of the song, all my past, I'll never do it again. 
<laughs> I'll never do it again, okay? All right, so, so I'm going to preach Mary Did You Know as if it was a really good song today. Father God, we love you this morning. We thank you for the word. We thank you that Christ became a man, a human, that God put on flesh. We thank you for the absurdity of the gospel, the part of the gospel where God becomes a man. God, may it, the revelation of it continue to confound our minds and the wisdom of this world, and may we increase in knowledge and understanding and revelation of what it is to have a virgin carry the Son of God inside of her. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. Luke chapter 1, verse 25, I believe, says this. 26. In the sixth month of the uh, the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin. Uh, I wish I could take out of all of our minds this morning the familiarity with this story. You know, I wish I could take out of our minds this morning, like we've heard this story a thousand times. I wish I could somehow just wipe your memory clean and have you hear the story for the very first time and understand and realize the magnitude of a miracle of the virgin birth. Amen? So, a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph. Of the descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he, Gabriel, an angelic visitation, is talking to a virgin girl, and this is what he says. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. The book of Matthew in this story teaches us that uh, the quote from Isaiah chapter 7 uh, you shall call his name Emmanuel, right? Which is translated what? God with us. And here the angel Gabriel is saying, greetings, you favored one, God is with you. So two different times at the announcement of Christ on the earth is the announcement that the Son of God, that God himself is with you, humanity. How many of y'all have felt the nearness of the Lord this year? And we have all understood he's near. But what, has, what had never been true, God had visited. God had shown up. He would manifest himself as a pillar of fire and a cloud of smoke. And he would come and he would visit. And he would have these periodic moments in, in history where he would kind of break through the veil. But now, at the birth of Jesus, at the, at the birth of Jesus... The, the, the point is God isn't just visiting or breaking through every once in a while. God is now here with you. And actually, with you, God will be always. That's one of the last things he said before he dies, right? And I will be with you always. And then not only is he going to be with us always, he says, I'm going to go and send my spirit that will actually be inside of you. So for the first time in humanity's history, God with us is a whole nother level and he's always been with us and is in, the, in us right now. Amen. 
the Son of God, with us. This is what he says to Mary. He says, Mary, he says, hi, what's up? How you doing? Greetings. And he says this, greetings, and then he identifies who she is. Not by name, but by virtue. Greetings, favored one. This is what I want to say to you, church at the armory. I, I want to preach this two ways today. I want to preach it on as us as a church at the armory, the collective, and I want to preach it to you as you as an individual. God has planted some things inside of your heart. I really wish I could just kind of preach this message a hundred different times face-to-face with individuals. Different scenarios you're going around. I wish I could, because I know a lot of what's going on in a lot of your lives, and I, I can see where God has planted some things inside of you, burst some things, some dreams, some vision, some burdens. And so there's all these things that God has put inside of us. And, and here's my point. I, here's my first point I want to make tonight. You weren't chosen because, uh, because God was bored. It wasn't some random just, well, I've got 10 things I want to put inside of people today, so I'm just going to kind of randomly pass out gifts as I see fit. No, no, you were chosen to carry something by God on the basis that you are favored by him. Y'all out there this morning? You were cho- Mary wasn't chosen. She was chosen for a couple of reasons that we know of. Two reasons that we know of. One, because she's of the line of David. And two, because she's favored by God. You're of the right line this morning. You are a son or a daughter of the living God. Somebody say amen. Amen. All right? And here's the thing. You're a child of the living God, but that's just one reason. You're also chosen this morning to carry whatever is inside of you as a collective, as an individual. Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Raise your hand if there's somebody here at an individual level. You're carrying something, a vision, a a, a dream, a burden for somebody in your life, whatever it is. You, you, you You know what I'm talking about this morning. Raise your hand. Okay. Okay. Let me tell you why God decided to put that inside of you. Because you're a child of God. Because you're of the right line. Y'all say amen this morning because you're of the right line. And number two, because God favored you. This church, I speak to the collective. I say, I say two things. We're, we're, we're sons and the daughters of the living God. Somebody say amen. amen. And what he decided to birth in us, there was a reason, because we caught his favor. Because he looked out on us with favor. Amen. You may not have felt uh, all throughout this process this year where we are favored by God, but I'm telling you right now, we're favored by God. We are chosen and favored by God. So let's reach on and read the story. Verse, 20, um, verse 28, he said to her, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Do you understand that God is with you? man, I really just want to start calling people out and say, this thing you have, uh, I'm going to talk about people in the room without talking about people in the room, okay? There's somebody in this room that they're, they're, they're thinking about, they're going to begin a business in 2023, a business, a dream that they've had in their heart that I really believe God's put inside of their heart 
for a long, long time. I need you to hear what the Lord said this morning. The the, you were chosen because you're favored. You're not in a position seeking God's favor for this endeavor. You understand the difference? As a church, I would say, we're not, we're not in a position of this rebirth hoping God will favor us. We were asked to do this from the position of being favored. And here's the thing that we must get through in our hearts and our spirits. God is with us. In your endeavor, in your endeavor to hold and carry, bring to full term and deliver into reality, into the physical universe, what God has placed inside of us. Every step of the process, we must know God is with us. There's others of you. He put this burden on you. Uh, I think burden varies a lot like pregnancy. Not that I've ever been, you know, I mean, I know it's 2022 or whatever, but, you know, men don't get pregnant. Somebody say amen, right? Okay. But, but I think, how many of y'all have a burden for a family member that's not, not with the Lord right now? Something, you know, a, a, a wayward son or a daughter that you're carrying this burden. And sometimes that burden feels overwhelming, doesn't it? Sometimes that burden is so hard to carry. I don't know anything about it, but I've been told there are times in pregnancy where you feel like you're going to explode. And that burden is just, but listen to me, the reason you go through the whole thing is because you're convinced of the outcome. The reason you go through the whole process of bearing this child, this burden inside of you is because you, the hope and the joy that that thing will physically manifest one day and you will have this child. Amen? And I'm telling you, it's no different than this burden you're bearing right now. God put on you a burden for the salvation of your son or your daughter, your family member, your husband, your wife, a coworker. He put this burden inside of you. He birthed it inside of you, asked you to carry it to full term, and you have to be convinced that God is with you and this burden you're carrying is going to produce something real. It's going to manifest in the actual salvation of what you've always been asking God for. A mama doesn't carry a baby just thinking, I hope one day it comes out. There's an expectation. You out there? There's an expectation of this burden that I'm carrying. It will produce. It will produce. Carrying a burden having a dream, being pregnant with something from God is not always a bed of roses. Somebody say amen. There's one point, ladies, y'all know what I'm talking about? I have no idea what I'm talking about, but you're puking your guts up, right? And the next moment, you're so tired you want to sleep all the time. And then the next moment, it's like the energizer buddy has possessed your soul and you're cleaning everything within a mile, right? I remember when Missy was pregnant and... uh, I'd come home and I'd open the door and she'd have the music blaring and she was just cleaning. I would literally close the door and sneak out so I wouldn't disturb her. She's <laughs> cleaning everything and I was like, this is awesome. And then like, you know, a week later you're coming home and she's just like on the past, passed out couch with drool running down her face, you know, and like, what's wrong with you? I'm pregnant, right? So you go through all these different stages of pregnancy and they come and go and it, what seems like such a heavy thing at one point, turns into such a beautiful thing at some point, right? 
And I, I really wanted to capture and recapture the expectation that what we're carrying will manifest physically in reality. Some of y'all have been praying over situations for a long, 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 long time. And do you still have the hope, like a mother's expectation for a newborn baby, that you're going to see what you believe in for? God is with you. I chose you to carry this burden because of your favor. Right? Because of the favor I have for you. Whatever it is. So we go on. She was very perplexed. Anybody had that response to the, to the situation? Anybody ever had the, uh, I don't, I'm not real. Uh, do, uh, are you talking to me? I'm not really sure why, Gabriel Angel, you're saying these things to me. This is perplexing to me. Uh, it's odd enough that I'm talking to an angel. Amen? Very perplexed at the statement and kept pondering in her heart what kind of salutation this was, what kind of greeting this was. The angel said to her, do not be afraid. Raise your hand if you've got a good grasp on the certainty of your future. Amen. By faith. I'm saying a lot of us are looking into the year 2023. We're looking into what's coming, and we're going, boy, I hope some things work out here, right? Uh, I, I hope this happens. I hope this happens. You know, if, if, it's just, if it's the business, if it's your marriage, if it's your burden you're carrying, I hope, I hope, I hope. And I'm here to tell you God's one of the first things he wants to say to you right now is put fear away. Don't be afraid. Uh, don't worry. Don't doubt. No anxiety. Have confidence in the joy that is set before you to endure some things, but have some confidence and don't be afraid. Uh, the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have second time the angel says it. Anytime God says something back to back in scripture, it's like he's putting an emphasis on it. Second, huh, second time he says to Mary, you have found favor. I want to say to you two times, church. I want to say you doubly, church. God planted something inside of this body of people because we are favored, favored. We have favored, favored by God that he birthed us with a dream with a rebirthing, amen? I, 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 uh, I want to fight a mindset out there that everything that's been transitioning within this church is running away from something. That's not true. It's the fact that God favored, favored us, and birth is wanting to birth something in of us, amen? And he's wanting to reproduce, he's wanting to reproduce something inside of us that is scary that we have to go, don't be afraid. That is, uh, this is crazy. Uh, I'm perplexed at the moment. Uh, don't worry. I'm with you. Amen? And so here we are. And as a church or as an individual, you need to know you're favored by God twice said. Chosen. No fear. God is with you. Amen? It goes on to say, verse 31, Behold, 
you will conceive. Time out, time out. You will conceive in your womb. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit of an arguer. I can imagine, you know, like being a female version of Mary and going, uh, Angel, hang on a second. What, I, I don't think you heard what I said. I'm a virgin. Here's what I want to say to you. This thing you're birthing is not going to be all conceived and produced out of the natural resources. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Out of the natural resources of what this world and its system is able to produce. It's going to require the Holy Ghost. It's going to require the Spirit spiritual supernatural of heaven and earth to make it happen because unless heaven comes and make it happen well it actually isn't happening because we're you know we're in a state where we can't naturally produce what god's asked us to carry you hear what i'm saying and so behold you will conceive in your womb and bear a son you're going to call him jesus He gets to make all the shots. He gets to call it what he wants to call it. We are the vehicle. Oh, man. God does this really weird thing that sometimes I wish he wouldn't do. Y'all paying attention? Sometimes I wish God wasn't um, so committed to co-laboring with humanity. Sometimes I wish he was just only sovereign and he did everything else on his own but has this crazy commitment to partnering with mankind to see the thing come to pass. And this story, the Christmas story, it may be the greatest example of it, where God has to partner with humanity to produce the Son of God. God and man come together, and out of that produces 100% God and 100% man, the perfect sacrifice. And God, just like we are Mary, has said, I want to partner with you. In yourself, you're not able to get what I need done, done. Matter of fact, what I'm asking you confuses you. It perplexes you because you're wondering how this is going to be because it just doesn't fit the natural order of things. You don't, you don't do what we've done in order to get to where we're going. That's gonna, some, that'll sink in one day for some of y'all. You don't do what we've done to get to where we're going. God said, I'm going to ask you to do some things that everybody else isn't doing. And I'm going to put something inside of you that will require the Holy Spirit to get it done. That way, whenever uh, it all happens, nobody can say, oh, that was man-made. It's got to be a God thing. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? And so, behold, you're going to conceive in your womb and bear a son. You're going to call him Jesus. Verse 32. He will be great. Listen to me. Whatever it is that God has planted inside of you and that is going to happen, it's going to be great. Are y'all out there this morning? It's going to be greater than you can imagine. And this is where the part that comes in 
Mary did you know? Well, here, well, she just told me, angels tell me right now, we're going to have this son, his name's going to be Jesus, and he's going to be great. So yeah, I knew. But first line of the song, I think it's first line of the song, Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day walk on water? She knew she'd have a son. She knew he'd be great. Could she ever even phantom? Could she, is she even created enough to have the idea that her son would one day walk across the sea? I'm saying to us as a church, I'm saying to you as a person carrying something God's impregnated inside of you, you have no idea. Church at the Armory, we have no idea what we are carrying. We only think we know with our limited understanding and only by the rules and the laws of what nature can produce. We got no idea that one day what's inside of us will walk across water. We have no idea that what's inside of this humble beginning, new beginning of a people right in front of my face, the magnitude of what God can do. We're not hoping to survive here. We're not hoping to just make it through here. We are believing God to produce something inside of us that he calls great. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. I don't want to be presumptuous and say to you this morning, we're equal to like Jesus being born. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying to you is there's no way on December 18th, 2022, we can even begin to imagine the greatness of what will be produced. If we could fast forward in time 10 years and look back at this moment in history, could we ever have imagined how great it will be? We found God's favor, favor, right? Double favor. The favor of God was on us. He was with us. And out of that was produced something no eye has seen, no ears here, nor has it entered in the heart of man of what he can and will do. Here's the, what I want to rip off is the lid of your vision this morning. Right? It's easy to step back here 2,000 years later after Christ is born and go, Mary, did you know? Because we, we have the privilege of knowing. But you look back on her and go, did you know? And here's my thing. I want us to be bombarded with vision from heaven of the possibilities that are inside of us. The possibilities of what your wholeness and your healing will produce inside of you. It's not that you just to get to be better. It's the idea that you better can produce something for the kingdom of God that far exceeds everything you could have imagined. That makes sense? Verse 33 says this. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. We are participating, church at the armory, in the building of a kingdom that has no end. There's been people that have said, and I say this with all due respect, some really 
uh, uh, not cool stuff and said it out loud, not realizing they're falsely prophesying over this congregation is, well, it's going to fail. And this is going to, and I just say to you in the name of Jesus, uh, uh, shut thy lips in the name of Jesus because you don't understand that we're part of a kingdom that has no end. And it's great. Amen. And so verse 34 says this. Mary said to the angel, <laughs> raise your hand if you've said this to God in the last uh, year. Come on, raise your hand. Um, yeah, I don't, no, I don't think this is going to happen. Yeah, uh, uh, this, uh, no, uh, how can this be? Let me remind you, God, because you need a little help understanding the situation. I'm a virgin. Virgins can't have babies. Yeah, let's, let's, fast, let's, let's fast forward. God raises a dead man named Lazarus, right? Uh, well, and the, the sister says to, to God, Jesus, uh, you don't understand. He's been dead four days, and he smells really, really bad. What we do have an endless supply of is excuses as to why God can accomplish all his will. Amen? We have even legitimate, physical, make all the sense in the world excuses as to why God can't do what he said he would do. So Mary says to him, um, how can this be? Uh, I'm a virgin. And I'm and the, the angel's so gracious, just like God is so gracious with us. To answer our questions and go, I got you. I'm with you. This is what he said. Verse 35. The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And I'm here to tell you this morning. Some of us have been overshadowed with God, and we feel like it's going to overwhelm us. Let me say it this way. What God, uh, we feel like we're being overwhelmed by what was overshadowing. He asked you to carry something, and the joy of it in the beginning was this overshadowing, but now we're walking this thing out, and sometimes it feels overwhelming. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The power of the Most High will overshadow you, and for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. I didn't give. I'm gonna. I'm gonna read. I didn't give him the scripture. I'm gonna read the rest of it. The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit, verse 36, And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. Verse 37, you got time to put that up, verse 37? I want you, I want you to wait. Look at me, all across the room. This is where we need to get this morning with the Christmas story that encourages us as we move forward into the rest of the, into next year. This is what we need. We need to be convinced that nothing will be impossible with God. 
oh man, I thought, I thought we could do a little bit better than that. We need to be convinced that whatever you're carrying is unlikely and is astronomically impossible as it seems in the natural realm. With God, nothing is impossible. Oh, but Helena, you don't understand. I've been praying for this for many years. Okay, Abram. Okay, Abraham. You need to understand that nothing's impossible with God. 90-year-olds generally don't have babies, but nothing's impossible with God. Dead people generally don't rise again, but nothing's impossible with God. Virgins generally don't have babies, but nothing's impossible with God. Men don't generally walk on water, but nothing's impossible with God. Oh, should I keep going? Lepers genuinely aren't cleansed, but nothing's impossible with God. Blind people just genuinely don't have mud spit on their face and begin to see again, but nothing's impossible with God. Leukemia doesn't necessarily dry up on its own, but nothing's impossible with God. You hear what I'm telling you? And I'm telling you, we need to be convinced that we are favored by God and that He is with us. And whatever He's called us to is not impossible. If God is with us, God is with us. Nothing's impossible with God. You don't go through some of the things you have gone through and come out on the other side, not just normal, but supercharged by the Holy Ghost. But nothing's impossible with God. Verse 38, Mary said, look at me, a barn servant. Look at me. Where does a barn slave completely submitted to whatever you say? Look at me, a barn servant of the Lord. Whoo! May it be done. Exactly as you say, according to your word. And at that statement, the angel's done talking. At that statement, heaven has nothing else to say because that was the one thing heaven needed to hear. At that statement, heaven decides to return to its standing in glory because it has come to hear one thing from the people it was talking to. What you say is what I say too. According to your will, let it be done. It is, look at me, church at the armory, in our hearts, it's done. In our hearts, it's a matter of fact. It is settled. It is done. We're not contending for anything. We're just got to carry this thing out to its full flourishing. We're not looking for the favor of God. We already have the favor of God. We're not looking to be blessed. We were chosen because we are blessed. We're not looking for God to join us in our endeavor. He invited us to this party. And he said from the very beginning, I'm with you. All we have to do. And he said, what we're going to do is going to be great. It is going to be powerful. And it's going to do exceedingly abundantly beyond anything we can think and ask. And all we got to say 
The only response heaven needs from our hearts right now is whatever you say, Lord. We're slaves to your vision. We're slaves to your will. We will be mastered by the will of God in our side of our hearts, and we will submit ourselves according to your word. Let it be done. Think it's done. Now just carry it out. Go get completely uncomfortable in a large state of uncomfort. Go carry something that's going to change the rest of your life. A little virgin girl, from this point forward, you'll never be the same. Right? I should not tell this story. I won't tell this story. I'm going to tell it in a much more truthful way. No, I'm not. Yeah, I will. <clears throat> Every lady in here that's ever had a child, right, and your husband always asks you later on, like, what's, you know, like, what's, the, you know, like, uh, you're taking a long car trip, right? And you got to stop and use the bathroom more than you did before the child. And you go, why do you got to stop and use the bathroom? I had a child. I had a baby. Yeah, I mean, what I'm talking about. Okay, you know what story I want to tell? I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to tell. No, no, no. And my point is, my point is, is like, once you have a baby, you're never the same again. I mean, just something small and dumb like that to, to the fact that once you became a mother, once you birthed something, how many of you moms can remember life before children? <laughs> and you say stuff like, well, I slept, right? All this kind of stuff. No, like, because it so changes us. I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you, a decade from now, we'll look back on this moment and we'll go, I don't remember what it was like to be that. We are so much this now. That makes sense what I'm saying to you. It changed everything. That's what birthing something from God does, is it changes everything. Now, here's what I want to, here's what I want to ask. Mary, did you know? Could you ever imagine, did you have any idea that what came through you, the impact that it would have on this world? Let's just narrow it down to the city of El Dorado and God asking us to rebirth something. Can we stand here in this moment in time and really have any idea as a church the impact that what God birthed through us is going to have? Because we were obedient and submitted ourselves to his will. We're not sitting here looking to hope just to make it in the future. I, I, this is a, this is, there's lots of times you can not say amen. That's not one of them. Do we have any idea, church, when we wake up 10, 15, 20 years from now, look back on this people in this day, did we have any idea that what will be produced by the obedience of God will have an impact on our community, on our families? No. We're not looking to just survive. We're looking for something great. We're looking for something that was impossible, that became possible. So Jesus <laughs> I'm going to end with this story from Jesus. You know, so the Christmas story goes like this. She carries the baby. 
They're on their way to Bethlehem. They have this baby, in an, not in an inn, right? This baby is born. It's put in a manger. There's these shepherds that are told. It's and crazy. Shepherds are told to go find a baby sleeping in a manger. Babies don't sleep in mangers. You know, they got them little, what do they call them, bassinets and stuff? Right? Shepherds, go find a baby in a manger. Uh, did you mean, um, I don't know, that a brand of, is manger a special high-end brand of uh, bassinet? Yeah, I've got a manger bassinet made by manger. What do you mean a baby sleeping in a trough? That doesn't make sense. Right now, the angel says to the shepherd, go find a baby laying in a manger. God orchestrates heaven and earth to fill up an inn so that a baby would be born in a barn and have to sleep in a manger so that when shepherds got there, they'd go, oh, there's the one he's talking about. It's a miracle. Something so small as to where a baby will sleep. God is orchestrating all of it. God is ordering all the details of this thing. Y'all hearing what I'm saying? God ordering all the details down to the things like where the baby will sleep. And, we're at a, and, and I don't know if anybody's going to come to our manger. Uh, I, the angels is going to tell people where to look in the most unlikely places, right? We're going to look up one day and go, why did they know to come here? Because God said, go look in that, uh, there's an armory. You mean the church? No, no, it's an armory. Okay, some of y'all get that. Behold, then, um, you know, they got to flee to Egypt because people are trying to kill them. They come back. The boy grows up. He gets lost by his parents. He's teaching in the temple. A few years later, he's trying to begin his ministry. And I'm not going to jump off the deep end here, so I'll just hang out. And then, listen, listen. And then there's this wedding, Right? And there's this wedding that Jesus has got a group of disciples and they're hanging out. And uh-oh, they ran out of wine. Y'all there? Are with me? Everybody know? Everybody with me? They ran out of wine. And you can't run out of wine at the wedding. They go to Mary and say, we're out of wine. Mary then says, go get Jesus. He knows how to do something about it. My point is this, that at the announcement from the angel, Mary don't know. Mary, did you know? Actually, I don't even know how this is going to happen. I have nearly no idea what's going on. Right? But something happens, even she figures out something in process of time about him that everybody else still don't know. Y'all are not stepping in when I'm stepping in. She, over the process of time, has figured out something about him that the rest of the world has no idea, but she now knows. And so, really, you could take this song and sing it to her before his public ministry begins. Mary, did you know? And she has been with him, and she knows something about him nobody else knows. You want to turn water into wine? Go find Jesus. 
And here we are, church. My point is there's coming a day when the world needs their wine restored. The Spirit of God restored the, 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 a new wine for a new day. And are we going to know? Are we going to have been convinced of where to find the new wine? Or are we still in the process of we don't know? Mary, did you know that he would turn water into wine? I, fi- I started figuring some things out. We've got to be convinced first before the rest of the world will ever know. In this city, we've got to figure it out first. And here we are. That's where we are right now today. Is we're in a process of figuring out that what God has said is actually fire. Truth. Great. It's word and he is with us and he spoke it to us because we're favored. We have to be convinced so that when the party and the world calls, comes calling, we know who we are, and who we serve. And we point them to Jesus and say, oh, yeah, Uh, you know. Yeah, I've been convinced of something, of this one that the world has not seen. That story blows my mind because I want to know how she knows to ask Jesus. Amen? Amen? How does she know? I don't know, but she does. That's what we got to figure out. Amen? Amen. A little bit later, just a few short years later, that baby born in a manger is now hanging on a cross. And I don't know, most mothers would see their children in that condition and would lose their minds. Maybe she does know, maybe she doesn't know. But you got to understand that the word at the conception was just as real as the word at the cross. Somebody tweet that. The word at the conception was still just as real. You're still favored. I'm still with you. As a matter of fact, what I'm doing now in this crucifixion reaffirms the fact that I'm making it possible for God to be with you. You hearing me? And you have no idea how great this death is. Right? So you may be in the part of the story where you're going through the cross right now, but you need to remember the word from the conception. You need to remember when the Holy Spirit overshadowed you. Amen? And what he overshadowed you with is not going to overwhelm you. You hearing me? Man, I'm a walking Twitter account this morning. What he overshadowed you with is not going to overwhelm you. Somebody say amen. I need a couple of guys to come, and we're going to pass out communion. Give me, give me a couple of guys, some volunteers. We're going to pass this out. We're going to receive the Lord's Supper together this morning.
That's perfect. Once you uh, get the bread and once you get the juice, if you would stand up, and we're going to receive the Lord's Supper together. Lacey, will you come just play softly on the keyboard, please? As you're receiving this, I want you to think for a second individually. I want you to apply that sermon to what you're going through as an individual. Some of you are carrying a burden. Some of you are carrying a dream. Some of you are carrying a word from the Lord that's in process. and contending for the fulfillment of this thing and I want you to be reassured this morning there's nothing impossible with God the only reason he ever even asked you to carry what he put inside of you is because you're his son you're his daughter because he thinks you're favored. Your burden wasn't a punishment. It was a sign you were favored. you to close your eyes. I want you to think about that body. Imagine, I want you to think about this way. Imagine Mary's eyes. You're looking through the eyes of Mary this morning. And you're seeing a small, tender, fragile child. And those same eyes would look upon his flesh that hung like ribbons. Everybody close your eyes and focus right now on the Lord. at it through the eyes of Mary this morning. You know what it is to see him in his infancy and you know who it is to see him suspended on a cross. That body that was broken for you. That body that would produce healing for the world. That body that was crushed and bruised to make what is impossible possible. 
possible. So right now we receive by faith all the benefits of the body of Christ. If you need healing this morning, we receive what he paid for in his flesh. By his stripes, we are healed. And we will walk in health and wholeness. God, I even pray over this holiday season for these people that God's sickness and disease would not come upon their house. We pray, God, every person who's uh, in the gamut of the different stages of health, whether you're perfectly fine this morning or whether you're battling a, a, a severe, deadly disease, we'd say the same to you, that the body of Christ would produce inside of you what it was given for. And it came with purpose. So right now, may you receive by faith what he paid for in the realm of healing. Body, soul, spirit, mind, will, emotion. For those of you this morning who will be grieving during this holiday season as you've lost a loved one in your first Christmas without a loved one, his body, his soul is crushed so that your soul may experience joy We just release these things. We receive them by faith in the broken body of Christ. He bled outwardly and he bled eternally. Internally for you this morning. So right now, I want you to repeat it to me. I receive all the benefits of the broken body of Christ. May the lamb that was slain Receive the reward of his suffering in my body. In Jesus' name. Amen. Receive that bread. Hold that cup up. Again, looking through Mary's eyes. The first time that little toddler learning how to walk, skin his knee and blood come out. To watching him hang on a cross and the same blood poured out of his body. The blood meant he was alive. The blood meant he's for real. 100% God, 100% man who had inside of him blood that speaks a better word. This blood says over your life a better word than those thoughts that have been bombarding your mind. This blood speaks over your life a better word than the doubters and the naysayers would say over your situation. This blood speaks a better word and that blood was shed and spoke on your behalf. So we receive by faith all the benefits 
the authority. The blood has the authority. We, 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 we recognize favor and authority on our lives. We are not a people who are beat down and broken, but we are a people who are favored by God with the word of God and the blood of the lamb wiped across our souls. Our spirit man is made alive because of the blood. So right now, we say what the blood says over our hearts. Come on, we say what the blood says over our situation. We don't say what the world says. We don't even say what our thoughts may betray us with. But we come into agreement with what the blood says. So repeat after me. By faith, I receive all the benefits of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. May the lamb that was slain Receive the reward of his suffering in Jesus' name. Amen. Receive that blood. Now let you lift your hands and in your own ways, just worship him for a second. Just thank him right now for his body, for his blood.